Hello and welcome to Wisdom and Productivity, the podcast of Dr. Efraim Martinez. Today, I have the great distinguished honor to interview Dwight Carter. Dwight is currently the Director of Student Support Services at Islam Career Center. He is also a nationally recognized school leader and principal and also a leadership and effectiveness, effectiveness coach. He is an author and, and most importantly, a father. Dwight, who are you? <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, who am I? See, I'm, I'm as you said, I'm, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a friend, I'm a leader, I'm a learner. Um, so I reside in Central Ohio, I'm born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. Spent my whole life here. Um, I'm an educator, um, like I said, I, but also I, I love to learn. And one of my strengths is the love of learning. And so I'm constantly um, pursuing and looking for new ideas, um, new information, ways to make connection. And that helps me provide some perspective either on um, leadership or life in general. And so I really try to be reflective in everything that I do and, and just learn from things that are happening around us and to us. Great. So uh, for the listeners of this show, can you walk us through your professional professional trajectory up to this point? Yeah. So I started teaching in 1994. Um, I was an eighth grade social studies teacher, did that for three years. And then I moved up to the high school and taught uh, freshman uh, global studies, did that for five years. and. And it was at that at that time. I think it was year three, four, five, or excuse me, year um, six, seven, eight at the high school level when I started to be approached by administration to just take some leads on um, teacher groups or uh, uh, participate in some type of professional development. Um, so I started to really take ownership of my own professional growth, but I had a lot of influence from. Uh, my principals and uh, other administrators like Dr. Keith Bell, Sherry Dunlap, and then when Mark White came along as the building principal at Hamilton Lincoln High School, that's when the trajectory really took off. Uh, he really um, saw a lot in me that I probably didn't see in myself. He heard a lot about me coming into the district, so he was um, he took he, he took me on as a mentor without me really knowing it. And within a year of his principalship, he hired me as an assistant principal. So what was crazy is I never had any intention of becoming a principal, an administrator. That was never in my cards, never in my my paradigm, my frame of reference. Um, I just never considered it until, like I said, uh, a couple of people started asking me about it. And then I think the tipping point was when um, Sherry Dunlap, Sherry Dunlap was my principal before Mark White became principal. And Keith Bell was the assistant principal under Sherry. So with Sherry and Keith, they were both planting seeds, talking to me about it, but Sherry then tapped me to take on a, um, a lead role as a critical friends group facilitator. So I went through this training for an entire year, and that's when I realized that leading people, leading adults takes a lot of skill, intentionality, uh, strategy, and, um, and patience. And so I started to, I was a, like I was tapped to lead a group of six, I think six teachers from different content areas. 
and we became extremely close. Like we would observe each other's classroom, give each other honest, concrete feedback because it wasn't evaluative; it was just information. Um, we shared things personally, um, so we grew and we grew as people and as a team, which greatly impacted us professionally. And that's when I started to think really hard about administration because I saw it from a different perspective. It wasn't just um, master schedule and discipline forms and um, responding to emails. It was actually developing people, the bigger picture, um, the broader picture, the larger lens of what school was all about and where we wanted to go. So I became really intrigued by that, started taking my master's classes. And then, like I said, when Mark came along, like I said, within a year, my trajectory completely changed. So I uh, was hired as an assistant principal for three years and was charged to do, I had a very specific role, and that was to improve a particular climate and culture program we had in our schools called Johnson's Renaissance. It was really big uh, in the uh, mid, mid to early to mid, excuse me, mid to late 90s, and then it sort of fell off when Keith Bell left. and. I, I was charged to um, resurrect Renaissance. So I dove in head first, um, really focused on climate and culture, really started to understand what that entails. So that became a specialty. Um, so I really honed in on that for three years, had great teacher leadership, student leadership, very collaborative. Then I became a, a middle school principal in the same district, did that for three years, and I was able to return to the high school, Gahanna Lincoln High School, um, to be the, the principal there for seven, six years. Had a great career there. Um, spent 20 years of my life in that district. And then I decided I needed to change, wanted to see if my leadership uh, was effective other places. So I took a principal principal position at New Albany High School, which is a neighboring district to Gehenna. Did that for four years. And it was at that time that I started doing some coaching. Um, I was working with ICLE, um, doing some speaking and coaching. Um, go out four or five times a year. And then that became a greater interest as well. Cause it, and that's when I learned that my, the one thing that I truly enjoy is, and I truly love, and I feel like is my purpose is to teach. So then I left the principalship thinking that was gonna be the rest of my career. I was gonna be a, a coach. So I did that for a year. Um, end up, and then I wanted to maintain my um, maintain location in terms of being in Central Ohio only to do the work, so I can be home a lot more, but also really hone in on the things I really love to do at the time. But I ended up traveling across the country. I would spend like 15 days in Kansas or five days in um, uh, California and three days here. So I was home more, but I was gone more. By that, what I mean is this, I will be gone for extended periods of time, but I will be home for extended period of times. And that really disrupted the home schedule. My daughter wasn't real certain when I was gonna be home or not. And that had a really strong impact on her. Um, so I made a decision to return to public ed. And that's where I ended up, not ended up, I applied for a position at Eastland Career Center, which was a school that we were always connected to when I was a principal and became an assistant director, um, did that for two years. And then this year, um, started working on my superintendent's license and then got, uh, yeah, I got my superintendent's license. Then we, have, we uh, hired a new superintendent who had a different vision and a bigger, um, broader vision for the region. So she and I talked quite a bit and developed this 
position that I have that I'll be moving into in August called the Director of Student Support Services. So we collectively worked on the job description and uh, we saw a need, figured out what problems are we trying to solve, and then this position was just birthed from that. And, uh, you know, I earned the position and we'll start in August. So I'm really excited about that one. Congratulations. Uh, what a Thank beautiful uh, trajectory. And I can tell to the listeners, I, I, I met uh, Dwight Cutter uh, when he was presenting in 2015. And ever since, oh, he struck me with his uh, enlightened uh, knowledge. So um, in... Uh, If you could go back in time and you can pick any of the positions you have had, what is one or two things you will tell yourself? Hmm. I will go back to my first couple of years of teaching. What's interesting, I remember my, my first, second and third year students like I had them yesterday. We had a phenomenal rapport, great relationships. Um, just really strong connections. I had a lot of fun in the process, but man, I was so uptight. Like everything I did was related to education. Everything I did was related to being prepared in the classroom. Everything I did was um, for my career professionally. And so I, I turned away from friendships. I just became engrossed in the work. And so what I would tell myself now is just relax enjoy the process, um, focus on being more, um, so focus more on, on gratitude um, for the experiences that I had and relationships that I, that I was able to experience and have and develop. Uh, I would focus more on relationships outside of school, or, you know, becoming closer with my family, becoming, you know, stronger with the friend groups that I had in college. It became very distant. Like I said, I was just so honed in on my on my career because it was time for my career. Um, so I would, I would be much more, um, show much more gratitude, be much more relational, um, really uh, be clear, develop clarity about my purpose, even though I knew it, but I didn't know it. And so I knew I wanted to be an educator, but I couldn't explain besides establishing positive relationships with kids and loving the content, what bigger picture, what bigger purpose did I want and that I have in being an educator? Because being teaching, being a teacher is more than just conveying information. It's like you're developing young minds, you're developing young people through your content area. And so I know that now, I don't know if I knew that then. So I'd have been probably much more clear on that. Um, the biggest thing is just, I would have been working on, I would have worked on being my true authentic self, not the person who I thought people wanted me to be, but be Dwight Carter. And so that was, that was a huge part of my identity is Mr. Carter. So I made sure I did things to represent who people thought that person was. When in reality, I, I, I don't know if I was playing my true self that I'm now trying to do as a 49-year-old man. Um, and I will continue to be teachable. Like I was very, uh, like I said, I've always been a learner. So I was very much a learner. And so I would say, I, would, I tell myself to continue to be that way. Now, if you go back and review, um, what I explained was what it means to be great. Because G, or gratitude is G, R is relational. 
he I talked about purpose, but in, uh, breaking down the root of the word, that's actually all, uh, enthusiastic. And then the A is authentic and the T is teachable. So I would tell myself to be great at what I do um, in those using those five principles. Beautiful. The great principle. Thank you for sharing that wisdom. Often people uh, don't talk about... Uh, you know those uh that progress that linear progress right that, that they talk about thank you for sharing that dwight uh dwight um we all learn from so many sources so the question is so broad where uh who do you learn from wow <laughs> who do i learn from um so i'll make it more current right now i'm i'm really learning from our new my new superintendent, Dr. Kim Miller, she's like a sponge herself, and she's she's well-read, she's well-researched, um, she's a strong communicator, very articulate, um, and she's a phenomenal storyteller, so I'm really learning from her on um, how to share what needs to be stable when change happens, but also accelerate change because time is of the essence. Uh, I continue to learn from Mark White. Mark White, like I said, he's a great mentor. He's co-author of the books that we wrote. Um, and just, he's a, he's one of my best friends. I continue to learn from Dr. Keith Bell. Keith Bell has been a, a mentor to me since 1994. And so I can't ever um, deny his impact and influence uh, as well. I listen to a number of podcasts. Um, I listen, listen to This American Life because again, it's all about telling stories and learning people's, um, learn about people's experience. Um, let's see, I'm currently reading um, Big Potential by Sean Aker. Um, so that's, like I said, that's one that I picked up recently. Um, I've also just recently read Dr. Tatum's second edition of Why Are All the Black Kids Sitting Together in the Cafeteria. Just the, just the preface alone was a lesson. I mean, she broke down decades of history and made so many connections that helped answer the question to the book. But then she ended the book with so many examples of what schools and districts are doing to address, you know, um, the issues of race, uh, identity, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And what are some of the barriers that we still face as a country? And so um, those are the, those, I guess those are the people that I'm learning from now. But I, like I said, I, I follow a number of people. George Carlos, like he, he constantly shares thought-provoking um, uh, blogs that really like pique my interest and always question, help me question things that I that I'm experiencing or that help me make me wonder about. And so he provides so many nuggets of information. Derek McCoy, that's that's my bow tie buddy. Uh, Derek is a sharp, sharp guy. Um, he's very inquisitive, so we'll ask each other some questions that really, you know, I think we we sharpen each other's iron. And then I have to have to mention my best friend Steve Bowler. Uh, Stand tall, Steve is his uh, is a persona. Uh -huh. so, yeah, he's a phenomenal leader. Um, he's the he's the idea guy, and he focuses on climate and culture um, and student achievement. And so he's uh, doing some phenomenal things to develop and coach educators across the country. And uh, his podcast, Stand Tall Leadership, 
his book, Stand Tall Leadership, is just that's one that I reference all the time. Plus, we talk probably once or twice a week. Wow. Yeah. Very fortunate. Thank you for sharing that. Um, uh, so you mentioned so many names yeah. uh, of people that have supported you. Um, um, is, is, it, is it fair to ask, who is your biggest influence? Who's my biggest influence? I would have to say, honestly, right now, it's my daughter, Gabrielle. Uh, there's not a moment that doesn't go by where I'm not thinking about her and thinking about her future, thinking about the person she's becoming and how to how to better influence that. And it's, um, being a parent is a blessing and a burden. It's a blessing because you never knew your love, your heart had that much capacity to love. It's a burden because you never knew your heart had that much capacity to love. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you. It's so true. It's so true. You're so yeah, right. So, It just, I'm constantly worried. Um, I'm thinking, you know, everything I say to her is gonna influence her one shape or form, one shape, one way, shape or form. And I, that's, that's not going, that's not the case, but it's, it's hard not to think about that. Um, I try to, I'm also thinking about how I'm modeling, how, um, how to behave and how to respond and, and, And so I'm very, very cognizant of, of that. And so that that does influence my behavior. I mean, greatly influences my behavior. It influences when I leave school because I know she's, I mean, she's very particular. It's like, you said you're going to be home at 4.15. You said you're going to be home at 5.30. And if I'm not home, she's calling me. Daddy, you said you're going to be home. Like, because <laughs> she's just, she's very concrete right now. Yes. You know, very concrete. So so blessed you are uh, con yeah. congratulations please tell uh, your child that you have deeply influenced me for a long time uh, so uh, 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 Dwight being successful means that uh, for sure you're on top of your productivity and this can mean so many things to so many people what should the listeners should know about uh, how uh, do you do your stuff well um I will question if I'm on top of my productivity. <laughs> I will question it. Um, however, one of the one of the hacks that I learned when I was a principal at New Albany is to limit my to-do list. Um, because we're in such a uncertain time, and we're we're in an age of hyper change, meaning there's change on top of change on top of change, which leads to um, things being very ambiguous, very uncertain, very complex. And so what I've learned to do is reduce my to-do list from like six or seven things to like, what are the main two things I need to accomplish today? And that way it leaves room for disruption. It leaves room for an uh, interruption. It leaves room for um, conversation. It, le it leaves room for presence and visibility. So if I just do two things, those, those two main things out of the day that I can leave the office saying, okay, today was a productive day, even though I had a, a longer list of things that I really needed to do, but those things can be added to the days coming up. But if I just knock out those two things, then I can walk away feeling better about um, that day, my productivity, and I'm not, I'm not uh, burdened by 
all the things quote unquote that didn't get done I see. yeah so that that's been huge for me beautiful thank you for sharing that you know i'm gonna ask a follow-up question as an aspiring writer asking an author um yeah. can, uh, how do you uh how do you write or what is your experience or what recommendations do you have uh for aspiring authors that's a great question and i had to learn this from i learned this from mark white i learned it from steve um sarah johnson was a huge influence in, in writing as well in terms of the the, the productivity and also george carlos george writes every day um i don't have the discipline to write every day um so what i had to do was i carve out saturday early like early saturday morning early start sunday morning to write and so when we Um, I have a, a book in first a rough draft right now that's in the hands of the publisher, so I'm really excited about that. Um, but that was a grueling process only because I made it that way. Um, I limited my writing to Saturday and Sunday morning only because that's when I was that was when I was freshest. I had the the most quiet time, and I knew that I had a deadline, and that deadline was. My daughter's going to be up. My wife's going to be up at a certain time. So it's best to just get that writing done when I could. Because during the week, it just, it, by the time I would sit down during the week, I was just mentally fried. And so it wasn't, it wasn't productive at all. Um, so I would say, you know, tip number one is carve out your time and make an appointment with yourself to get it done. Tip number two is create an outline of the topics that you want to hit. Um, and tip number three, if there's a story that comes to mind, write it down, or at least write down the theme of the story. And then tip number four is convey or think about what message are you trying to send and what problem are you trying to solve? If you can think about it, do those three things and think about those two things, I will say you're on the right track. Wow. Those are great tips. Thank you, thank you. This has been such a great conversation. Uh, before we end the show, any last words uh, from Dwight Carter? Yeah, uh, I always, not always, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging people because I'm encouraging myself. Just be you. Be your authentic self. Um, People will like you or not like you, but make sure that it's based on who you really are and not who you are projecting to be. Because any other way, you're living incongruently. Your head and heart are not aligned, and eventually it's going to crack. You're going to break. So learn to be and learn to love your authentic self and just be that person. We say in Spanish, palabras con luz. That was very powerful. Thank you so much, Dwight. This has been the podcast of Dr. Efraim Martinez, Wisdom and Productivity, Peace and Calm.